Return of the King, Chapter 31 I don't know her. If he'd ever wondered whether he needed therapy before, he was pretty sure he did now. James had come off the rails carrying several hundred tons of crude oil pucks and smashed into Darry's carefully built Canadian operation. He sighed and clutched his head. Guilt by association. All that hard work burned. All his Canadian clients knew that he and James had worked together. The pay-per-view YouTube videos of that weekend workshop had been top sellers. It had even been worth the effort to have Petit Vierge, his Quebecois student, dub them into French. What's more, ever since his viral blog post, he'd been a celebrity hate figure in Toronto. There was no way in hell they wouldn't leap on this chance to smear him. World-renowned seduction coach, best mates with neo-Nazi lizard man. He could see the headlines now. The curse of Toronto strikes again. He'd attempted to test the waters, inviting centurion Mike Oxlong and Wolfstrider to Bob's rented garage. He'd sprinkled some bait here and there as his students packed cardboard boxes and jiffy bags with bottles of supplements. So, uh, anything new on the T-Dot scene? Heard anything from uh, several lately? Any, uh, interesting chatter on the PUA boards? Have you ever wondered if uh, Queen Elizabeth is a vampire space dinosaur? Nothing snagged on his hook. He wasn't sure whether this was because he was in the clear, or that Mike and Wolfstrider weren't so engaged with offline events. Still, he hadn't trended on any niche message boards, so things might just work out. Email received. To Derry's surprise, Dr. Fredrickson had already got back to him. Tomorrow, 205, room 302, main building, J. Excellent. Bob was using some Canadian e commerce platform, so Derry was able to delegate pretty much everything about the operation to Centurion. Derry was, of course, much better suited to a management role. He had that charisma. People liked him to tell them what to do. It was actually a bit of a pain being such a natural leader. Like, sometimes he wanted to do something himself. Like, maybe some cooking or parallel parking. But people just wouldn't let him. They wouldn't take no for an answer. He was glad he had these little assistants. When he'd finally logged in to view the orders, it had looked like a lot, but manageable. It was only when he pushed up the rolling door of the garage and saw the volume of product to be packed and shipped that he realised what he'd let himself in for. Reading off the orders and printing off the shipping labels was exhausting, especially since the lads needed constant instruction. For whatever reason, Wolfstrider seemed incapable of arranging the bottles 
in boxes efficiently. Derry had spent hours carefully rearranging the contents of the boxes to look just so before Mike taped them shut. It was boring as hell, but the repetitive simple work watching and correcting Mike and Wolfstrider helped to distract him from the bubbling in these bothering his shoulder blades. Every so often he would flip back to wondering why he was rapidly losing followers on his social media accounts and then scanning through all his sent texts. Name after name, the contacts he had added in Portland, zero response to his messages. Worse was seeing that most of these messages were marked with a red receipt. So it wasn't that they hadn't seen it, they were choosing not to respond. Malcolm, red. Steph, red. Vanguard, red. Mick, Gary, Julie, Jeff, G-Dog, red, red, red. Fuck. It was a bit odd though. Like, minus the pedo lizards, the vibe at Mancon had struck him as pretty conservative. Maybe even a bit more right than that? For example, the 300 aesthetic and the Spartan philosophy had been one of the strongest threads of the convention. Steph Milanese and Craig Kleinfelter with their touchy-feely emo male touch stuff had been the exceptions. You know, secretly, Darry had felt a bit of a tug when he listened to Craig talking about platonic intimacy and the power of Huga. On the one hand, Cuddling up with Wolfstrider and Centurion under a duvet with some candles and hot chocolate to watch YouTube seemed gay as fuck, but on the other, it actually sounded quite nice. Like, like being a kid at a sleepover before he'd been punched in the gut by manhood. Jesus, man. What the hell? He shook himself. No, he thought of poor Nam and shivered. Huga today, my little pony tomorrow. That slope was more slippery than Jeff's floor during a lollycon vocaloid stream. Anyway, no, it was it was weird. If news of Jane Sears had reached the Council of Men, would they really be that bothered? They didn't exactly hide their tiki torch tendencies and love of all things binary. Still, he couldn't think of anything else he'd said or done that would get him cancelled. These supplements. It took forever, but the saving grace was that each order was outlandishly big, like a year's supply of whey protein and multivitamins. These guys. They must spend all their time at the gym to use this up. He had a look at the packing slip he'd just printed. $450 for six bottles and a small pallet of pills? Were they mad? Centurion. Um, who buys this shit? It's a lot. Oh, dude. They aren't buying it to use themselves. Bob's their supplier. He buys it from his upline and then he sells it on to students from his fitness block to sell to their mates. They give him a bonus if his kids are supplying their own sellers. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, what's his profit margin? It must be 50% or more, right? This stuff is insanely expensive. Nah, mate. This is a community of men helping men. Bob's not in it for the money. 
Now, even though obviously he's one of the top performers, he just really cares about his downline. He sells them at cost and the upline pays him like a percentage commission if he hits the quota. Okay, but why doesn't he sell for profit though? What? Well, what's the point in him selling on the stock at cost when he could just take all the profit instead of a little percentage of it? But you sell at cost, right? And then at the diamond level, you get 20% if your turnover exceeds $1,000 a month. Hang on. You're telling me that he doesn't get anything at all over what he paid if he sells less than a grand a month? I mean, I don't know the exact details, but dude, look at all these orders. It's only three starter packs or stock re-ups for the granite levels. And once you get 10 shale under the granites, you can be promoted to Diamond Plus and they give you a car. But... He owns the stock, so he can sell it for whatever price he likes. No, Darry. No, they set the price, so it's mondo transparent, right? Because it's men helping men. It's all about community. But you get 20% on top of every $1,000. So you earn $200 a month, right? No, no. You get $1,000 plus and the bonus. But you spent $1,000. You get $1,000 and the bonus. But you spent the $1,000... No, no, you don't guess it right. Like, the lower tiers, they pay you at least $1,000 for the stock, right? And then the platinum, right? He gives you a bonus too. Bob makes like, I don't know, 36000 a year before his bonus. He's rolling in it. Yeah, he's rolling in something, all right. Derry sat quietly for a moment. He turned Centurion's explanations of Swell Bob's business over and over in his head. He kept trying to fit the pieces together, but they couldn't connect. It was like trying to unlock the door at his mum's house. The mechanism just wouldn't catch. This was the first time in a while he'd been lost for words. It made no sense. This lockup, the presumably expensive commerce subscription, the packaging, all that was being paid for with the unguaranteed monthly 20% bonus. The only way you could possibly make money from this was if you were the originator of the product, or the whole, like the wholesaler. Wait, so Bob the businessman was actually being taken for a ride. A warm, smug glow. Derry smiled to himself and looked at Centurion, who was still jabbering on about the incentives and special sweeteners Bob liked to throw in. Derry wondered if Centurion was a customer of Bob. Ha! <laughs> Think you're so great swanking around with your entrepreneurship. Enjoy your $6,000 annual income. Betty pays tax on $42,000. Idiot. But on the other hand, if Bob were to sell Daybang licensed videos and seminars and to pay for regular training to keep his Daybang instructor status, and maybe recruiting more Daybang instructors who would need to pay for training, licensing of the brand and standard materials. Maybe, maybe this was a way he could get rid of the taint of James Smears. Cool, um, cool, yeah, so I get it. Wow, Bob's actually doing really great. 
Darren laughed to himself as he continued sealing and addressing Bob's life savings. Next time, on Return of the King, Chapter 32, we open the air conditioning vents and have a really good listen to what's going on in Darry's therapy session. See you there!